0: I am not going to let you just shoot us down. Huh? Listen, Shin. I know what Ray and the chairman are saying sounds right, and I understand that you really want to believe them. Afron! <laughs> Don't listen to what they're saying. Their words are going to end up destroying the whole world.
1: <gasps> Is that what you want? Don't listen, Shin! mehren has obviously gone insane you bastard (sighs) don't let him confuse you shin shin if you have to shoot me
0: down then at least give mehren a chance to get out she's done nothing wrong she's already unaccomplished
1: to your crimes there is no meaning to her existence (sighs) The enemy. They both are. They betrayed the chairman. They betrayed us. They're trampling on our dream to end war. Are you going to forgive them? You said it yourself. You'd fight any enemy to fulfill that dream. Shin. And welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that now has to watch Destiny. My name is Jeremy. I'm a
0: main character and I died!
1: But I'm
0: Tyler. Hey, I'm back. So
2: did you uh, reincarnate or did somebody pick you up? No, I just didn't die in the first place. So it
1: makes a lot of sense. My name is Zach. Today we're going to be watching Phase 37, Thunder in the Dark!
0: Which definitely sounds like a Dio-san. I remember having this conversation now.
1: I think it is. rainbow in the dark.
2: Rainbows in the dark, that's right. Yeah, it's thunder
0: in your heart, rainbows in the dark, friendship is magic.
1: I feel like I don't remember how to do this podcast, which is bad, because it's my job to do this podcast. Um, last time
0: on podcast, Atherin died. Wait, no, that's this episode. This time on podcast.
1: Last time, Atherin, I never betrayed anyone, Zala, betrayed Zaft, and Ray was like, I see you're betraying us, again.
0: Actually, I see you're betraying my Bishi, Gil, (laughs) specifically. (laughs) Technically, he
2: didn't betray him this time.
0: I mean, it's nebulous.
2: They came after him first. Yeah, for like... They betrayed him.
0: Yes, I agree with that. But also, it was like military stuff, so it's a little gray. I don't know.
1: They did charge him with a crime he didn't commit.
0: Well, they were going to charge him with a crime he didn't commit. We don't even know what the crime was.
1: We do find out he's been charged with a crime he did not commit in this episode. Oh, yeah,
0: that is true. I forgot about that.
1: I assume that was the original plan, but I don't know if... They just adjusted it on the fly, given what they had to work with or not? No, I think that
2: was originally the plan, was to just charge him with a crime well, to th- get him out of the way. Spe- this specific crime, though, which we'll get to when we get to it.
0: It's uh, one line from Ray at one point.
1: He tried to take his second Bond girl, Muir Campbell, with him, but as we all know, the second Bond girl always dies. Except when the first Bond girl dies. So he had to go with the third Bond girl, Mayron. Wait, who's the first one? Kigali. Oh, wait, she's a Bond girl? Well... She's is, Penny, really. If Atherin is James Bond,
2: then yeah, it makes sense.
1: Also, there's Kira, Jesus Yamato. He's alive, but nobody knows that, except for all his friends and family, except for Atherin.
0: Who really thinks he's very dead. The
2: so,
1: last know, episode I don't, said he thought he was alive. I don't think yeah, he really fair. thinks Kira's dead. It's inconclusive. I think he is
2: torn on the subject. Well, from what he says in the last episode and in this one, he doesn't seem to think Kira's
1: dead. In the next episode, though, he will be like, I know. I thought you were dead, bro. <laughs> My is the bros. I tried to be bros with Shin, but he's just too teenager. Remember when we were that way, bro? <laughs> There's also Shin, I sunk your battleship, Asuka. The president of space was like, you're cool and didn't betray me and aren't likely to. So have this cool new destiny Gundam.
0: And Shin turned into a puppy dog for basically the rest of the episode.
1: So Ray called Shin and was like, hey, get that cool devil Gundam ready. Because we got to go kill your friend Atherin. And Uh, Shin's like, that
2: doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem like something he would do. Atherin would never betray
0: anyone. It's right there in his name.
1: Let's see, anything else of importance happen? Oh yeah, Kasaka, Rambo, he's back. Uh, Yeah, that becomes more important later. And he's at this Zaft base because they invited all of the Earth forces that wanted to defect to come here to help go fight Logos.
0: Is that why they're all there? Yes. Yeah. Okay, it's a combined arms against Logos uh-huh. thing. Wow, man, this really doesn't make a lot of sense next episode. I'm very confused about all of that.
1: It kind of makes sense to me, if you know about Gundam Seed geopolitics as well as I, Jeremy Hickman, do, and maybe nobody else.
0: <laughs>
1: maybe Mechanical Horse knows this well. Kakarot197, he knows better than I do, but those are the only people. I am an accredited instructor in Gundam Sea Geopolitics.
0: <laughs> you could teach a university course on it.
1: Look, if anyone wants to hire me for that. <laughs> that very specific get in touch. touch. Also, there's Luna Maria Hawk, who is Maren's sister.
2: Who inadvertently aided Athrun's escape last episode.
1: Yes, by yelling at some guards for molesting her poor sweet sister.
2: Walking in on her, sis- on her poor sweet sister, taking a shower.
1: Yes, but to her, that's molestation, and they should all be court-martialed. Good point.
0: Mayrin, I never... Talked as- to a boy.
1: <laughs> she's talked to Shin. Or at least looked at him and been like, don't want a piece of that.
2: <laughs> well, she's also talked to other people on the ship. We already know that. Because they had the uh, couple moments where she had to exposit how good a pilot Shin is at them. Yeah, she's all like, sword silhouette,
1: now! You know, I like it, and I don't want to take anything away from Mayron. but can we talk just for a minute about how ridiculous it is that Mayron is a 15-year-old intelligence expert in the military assigned to their greatest ship?
0: Um, I was thinking well, of like, a lot of these people are very young. Zap lets people was yes. very young, and Pilot multi-million dollar robots, multi-billion dollar robots, probably. Okay,
2: based on
1: how quickly they turn these things out, they can't cost that much. (laughs) Uh, And clearly the parents of the Hawk sisters, the Hawk parents of your will, were like, well, we're going to coordinate our first daughter to be a super tomboy athlete, and our second one is going to be the smart one. (laughs) We'll
2: give her hacking genes. But unfortunately, we have to take out the outgoing side, the ability to talk to people.
1: I think most coordinators lose that at birth. Or they get the lackiest Klein genes, and they're just super bubbly. There are only the two options.
2: Also, give
0: them 20% more expression.
1: That, that's not natural. That you have to teach.
0: <laughs> you can't
1: coordinate that? Yeah. Okay. I think it's about time for us to start episode 37, Thunder in the Dark. You can watch along with us on Hulu or Crunchyroll or Net- Netflix or YouTube, or if you have the ancient DVDs or the future DVDs that are coming eventually.
0: Maybe. Are those still happening?
1: Uh, the Gundam Seed one is, so I assume the Destiny one is. I pre-ordered it and everything. So we begin with last time on Gundam Seed, just like we said. Ray was like, "You betrayed Gil, my BFF forever. Therefore, you must die."
0: And he starts shooting at Athrun. And Athrun's like, "But you'll hit Mayrin." And Ray's like, "I don't care.
1: She's only fifteen, and she likes the piano." And Ray's like, "No, I like the piano."
2: See, although it is very much, in, I still it's, think it's in keeping with Athrun's character to not be like, "Why are you shooting at me?" It's Stop shooting because you'll hit her.
0: Well, I mean, Atherin knows why Ray's shooting at
1: him. Atherin's a veteran character. He has more than machine gun hit points.
2: It's
0: always a milestone when you're playing a game and you have more hit points than a machine gun can do.
1: See, here, Atherin was like, hey, I'm sure Kira's alive. And Ray called the president and he was like, do it!
0: I do like that i paid enough attention to the Gundam acronyms that I know what type of Gundam they're piloting based on the acronyms now.
1: (laughs) So Shin expresses his disbelief about Atherin as we see the Legend and the Destiny getting ready to launch.
0: The Triple Six. I'm not sure what I think about the color scheme on the Forbidden.
2: We don't. It's s-
1: not the Forbidden, that's the Legend.
2: What the hell is the Forbidden, then?
1: It's the one with the Scythe from sundom Seed.
0: Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I'm sorry. I'm not sure what I think about the color scheme on the I Forbidden. I don't silver. either,
1: it's, it's <laughs> too dark, actually. It's very similar to the Providence, right? It's just a little darker. The Providence is kind of a light gray. It's kind of got this dark, gray-black color scheme. I don't like it nearly as much. It kind of makes sense for its place in the story. Again, they're not being subtle with uh, the triple six and all that, but especially this episode in the rain, it does not look good.
0: I was actually thinking I wanted it darker.
1: So it's like a pure black like the Gaia or it would pop more.
0: Or lighter. Like it definitely, it's not the right combination.
1: The problem is it fades into the background too much because I would not describe Gundam Seed or Destiny as drab series when you look at their color pilot. But oftentimes their backgrounds are drab, too, so that the characters pop from them, which is very common animation technique. And it works for Gundams, too, because they're brightly colored. But
2: with the legend being so dark and it's not a solid color, it's got that, a little bit of red, a little bit of blue in there, which does actually make it kind of camouflage.
0: Yeah, I was actually going to say it's uh, just not urban camouflage. It's like series camouflage. It's a little bit like fourth wall aware.
1: So Shin remembers all those times Atherin hit him and tried to give him pep talks. <laughs> that doesn't sound like Atherin.
0: He punched me once. This is well, a I, thing
2: he'd do. I find it interesting that he thought of Atherin hitting him and Atherin, like giving him a pep talk. And the immediate thing he says after that is that doesn't sound like something he would do.
1: And he goes, why'd he do it, though, is kind of how he pivots. Of like, there has to be a reason.
2: Because Atherin doesn't do anything without a reason,
0: is a thing that Shin has learned recently.
1: Yeah, and Ray's like, I don't know. I just know it's a fact that security's after him, and he shot one of them.
0: Definitely. That's not a thing I just made up right now.
2: Well, he
1: did kick the shit out of a couple of them. He did not shoot anyone, though. True. Which shocks Shin, and he is clearly distraught about it as he takes off. A more accurate
0: nickname for him is Atherin, I never shot anyone, Zala. Except for all those people I shot with my giant
1: (laughs) fighting robot, I forgot about all those. So, then we get this opening for the final time. Anything we want to say on our, I can't even remember what it's called.
0: Our, our it.
1: I was going to say our moments, but that's not right. It's not our memories.
0: <laughs> the times of our lives. The soap opera about Gundam Seed.
2: I don't really have anything that I can think of to say about it.
1: Our whereabouts. That's what this is called.
2: I'm sorry, is this the name of the song?
0: Yep. Nothing that I don't think we've already talked to death. This, this one's pretty eh, all around. It's got some things. I do like Mehran photoshopping herself into it. Um, Don't
1: worry, that's not going away.
0: Okay, good. Yes. Um, (laughs) Could do with a little less random, like, fan art of Kigali. Do worry. Oh, no. Yeah,
1: that's not going away either.
0: The song's all right.
1: It's just such a step down from uh, High and Mighty Color, unfortunately. It's got the same energy, though, so at least there's that. It's pretty upbeat. It gets you excited to watch the episode.
2: And that's kind of what what a... uh, What's it called? An opening is supposed to do. I thought it was supposed to act as like a one minute buffer so
0: that you know how far ahead to skip every time to start actually watching things.
1: I'm pretty sure now it's to get on the chop of the Japanese pop charts and sell an album.
0: (laughs) I'm 100% sure that has been the case for a while.
1: I think Gundam Seed and Destiny are kind of where that started. TM Revolutions um, not Ignited, the one they did for Gundam Seed, was one of the first series to do that. And then the series that took Gundam Seed's time slot was Full Metal Alchemist that sold a bunch of singles with its openings and then Destiny took over from that and sold a bunch of singles.
2: Uh, that makes sense. So, we just saw, I think it's all the Gundams and the Goof flew past uh,
1: Kisaka and he got to see them go by. And he's like, ah, my main character senses are tingling.
0: (laughs) I mean, we'll find out later he's on, like, a tiny little ship with a bunch of people, pretty much
2: for this specific
0: purpose, as far as
2: I can tell. Luna Maria is in, like, a big room with, like, all the people have been, like, gathered up, and they're all like, okay, wait in this one room, cause it's basically full of people.
1: I don't think they've been told to wait here. I think they're just gathering, and they're overhearing stuff about the, a spy, and Luna asks Tomato Hair, whose name we can never remember, uh, if they should return to the Minerva. And he's like, I guess. And we cut to what is basically the command center with people telling to Rendell what's up, and they're like, "Someone uh, stole one of the gifts and he's like, "It's okay, I already sent shit and Ray. We can call off everyone else."
2: I kind of love how there are four guys like sitting around the, a coffee table on laptop.
1: <laughs> they're just having a land party. <laughs> yeah,
2: they're like, "Oh shit, did we did we set up our land party in the wrong part of the building? I didn't think anybody was going to be in here tonight. They're actually here for Gilly D's uh, sweet quake party."
1: <laughs> he seems like a Quake player to me. He does, actually.
0: <laughs> then we cut to Mira in the closet. is spying, yes. I like it's a, a completely
1: empty closet thing. This is basically exactly the same way she was spying on the Rundle in his office. And he's like, hey, we need to focus on not letting this get out of hand. We don't want the Alliance forces here to hear anything incorrect and get influenced. Well, I mean, that doesn't make sense, because if
2: it seems like people are stealing their shit and just running off, they're gonna be like, well, you can't, like, clearly you
1: guys aren't doing anything well. And they don't want to cause a panic with a bunch of people who are already probably on edge being here. Yeah. Gladys walks into the waiting room. And Ludo's and-
0: like, hi, Space Mom, and Space Mom ignores her.
1: We also find out that they've
2: tracked Mayrin's hacking thing. Yeah, to her room. So I, I get the feeling that Gladys is like,
1: I'm going to go find out what the fuck. Yeah, I, I believe that's what's going on. And Durandal seems surprised that someone under Minerva would aid Atherin when who else would aid Atherin? Possibly Mir, but we know she didn't. So, well, I guess she kind of did, but she probably left that part out.
2: That she's the one that told him initially? <laughs> yeah,
1: and they do not know where Mayrin is currently. So Durandal calls Ray, is like, hey, when you were shooting a machine gun at Atherin, did you happen to see Mayrin? right in, as they make contact and with and the And it guns. seems
2: like he's on a open channel because
0: everybody reacts to it. Except what, after we finish this conversation, I think Athron is reacting to being followed? Yeah, I also think it's that's a the It's a really dumb cut though. It's very but It confusing. just look
2: cuz the comms turn on and, and they and all react and at react. Yeah.
1: And he's like, "Oh yeah, totally. She was right there with him." And he's like, okay, is she like a hostage? And Ray's like, I don't think so. She seemed way excited to be there. <laughs> it's like she wrote fanfic about
2: this or something. And Gladys has the reaction walking in that Mayrin is with Athrun right now. And Shin's also kind of like, what the fuck is going on? Why Mayrin? She's Mayren? not even
1: a main character. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he was protecting her with his big, strong, muscular body, holding <laughs> his throbbing hot machine gun as it popped <laughs> me full of lead. And Mayrin just starts fanning herself for some reason. <laughs> He shot my weapon out of my hands. And he said, no, let me take care of that for you. Then they got in a goof together in a cramped cockpit. Their bodies pressed against each other. She'd only faked taking a shower. She was so worried about the sweat clinging to her body. So
2: what you're saying is they never actually took off in the goof. This is just all Mayron's fanfic?
0: Yeah, I was going to say. So anyway, thanks for uh, reading my fanfiction, Gil. (laughs) It gets really bored of being posted on the Minerva.
1: There should be video footage of this, if she wants it for later.
0: Okay, so now that now you're seeing it that way, and it definitely sounds like Snake <laughs> talking to Otacon about
1: something. Yeah, I don't have a good sexy voice. I'm sorry. That's the secret. <laughs> uh, it just
0: sounds like Solid Snake.
1: So, Space Mom shows in, and everybody shuts their laptops quickly. <laughs> and she's like, what's going on with Marin? Drendel's like, so you're saying she wasn't taken hostage then? He's like, well, that does seem to be one of her fantasies, sir, but not this one.
2: <laughs> Although, one thing that I like about this whole thing is Atherin is staying down on the deck yeah the entire time
1: as close to the water as he can get I like that this is what actually makes Shin kind of upset for the first time the idea that Atherin took Mayrin even though they say it's not a hostage situation I think in Shin's head it's like oh clearly he's just deceived her yeah or clearly
2: Atherin has done something like there's no Mayrin. way
0: Mayrin is clearly obsessed with my sword silhouette <laughs>
1: And like, well, she is, an intel-, or, Ray is like, she is an intelligence expert. Who knows what could happen if she Which gets is away. a thing
0: we learned
2: just now yep. and never before. Yeah, oh. I really do wish they'd had a little bit more hinting at this beforehand. Because they had a couple of opportunities, like Jeremy's already pointed out. But or now like she- it
1: seems more along the lines of we wanted
2: to give her a little bit more importance.
1: She did hacking last time, and that kind of hints at it. And we have talked about her bringing up Atherin's file before, although that seemed like she just brought it up, not like she hacked into the mainframe to stare at pics of her bull. (laughs) Yeah, like,
2: it it didn't seem like she did any hacking to get his file. But from then till now, there hasn't been anything. And, like, having last episode of her hacking into the mainframe for it to be too close to now, for it to be actually foreshadowing... I mean, we kind of beat this horse to death last episode, but, like, man, I really wish she had gone on
0: that recon mission instead of Luna, considering yeah. it is Mayrin's job as an intelligence officer to do Well, that. it
2: depends on what exactly she does, because, like, she could be a an intelligence expert, but not a field agent. That's fair. Yeah,
1: she definitely strikes me as the analyst type, not the field agent type. She's a money penny. That said... You know, we know how ZAF soldiers work. You're a mobile suit pilot and a guerrilla warfarer and a machine gunner. You do everything. So it kind of makes sense that their intelligence officers could operate like that, too. Yeah. Especially if it takes one line for a and be like, I don't usually go out of the field. Uh, Gladys can say, yeah, but you're the intelligence expert on the ship. Yeah, that, would, that would mitigate that a lot. Unless
0: both of the Hawks are, and Luna's a double agent. Do you really think Luna is subtle enough? to No, on that?
1: <laughs> not remotely. So Shin is upset that it's Marin too, and Gray's like, "We have to stop them from getting away at all costs. Please authorize us to shoot them down." And Shin's
0: like, "Whoa, man, that's kind of an escalation there. Shouldn't we
2: start with
1: machine gun?" I think the reason why
2: Ray is presenting it like this is because he knows that he can convince Shin, and like the logic was coming from somebody else, like even uh, Gilbert. Don't necessarily think Shin would listen.
1: I also think Ray sees Athrin as someone who needs to be taken off the table. Maybe even more so than Darundel does. I would definitely agree with that. And we've already seen his earlier speech about how Kira will only die if Atherin kills him himself, and he is applying that same logic to Shin and Athrin's relationship right here.
0: Oh, that explains a lot about the rest of this episode.
1: That's maybe a generous interpretation, but that's how I take it. That makes sense. But and Shin is like, Ray, that's that's crossing the line. All he doesn't go that far. He doesn't that's all tone. He just says Ray, but And uh Gladys at the same time is like, Hold on, hold on. <laughs> you just told him to shoot down two of my guys.
2: And
0: Durandal's like, Yep, okay, that's fine. You do it, sweet baby Ray. I got faith in you.
1: I authorize it. Shoot them down. But he says to Gladys' protests, he gives her not quite a glare, but a look, which causes her to pull off. And Shin's still protesting, but he's like, you heard him, Shin. That's what we'll do. I
0: asked for it, but he
1: told us to do it afterwards, kind of. And Shin is like, uh, that's crazy. And Shin's like, I'm going for the right. You get in front of him. You mean Ray? Yes. What did I, did I say, Shin? Yeah. Yep. Shin is still protesting and be like, hey, we can't do it. He's like, think about what would happen if the chairman's wishes were destroyed because of this.
0: Remember all those flashbacks you had of Durandal saying nice things?
2: He's like, we can't forgive the betrayal of anyone now. I mean, the way they've gotten Shin's mind all twisted. I, I obviously, we viewers know that Atherin has actually been the one betrayed here. Shin, like, kind of
1: takes it in, but he doesn't immediately start going after Atherin because of it. It's more of something he considers, like, yeah, we do have to do something. It we does, can't let
2: him get away. Yeah, it does take Shin a while to actually participate, because immediately Atherin starts fighting back against Ray after Ray shoots at and him.
1: They so say
0: Rey takes a shot. You can't defend.
1: Although he can dodge, which he does. <laughs> And did some pretty cool shots over the water, beam shots just missing. Shin takes a single shot, whereas Ray is unloading. Shin walks on behind him and grits his teeth before he starts firing, although he misses all of them. And I do wonder if we're supposed to think that's on purpose. It kind of looks like, considering
0: that Atherin is flying in a straight line, basically.
2: I think this is also supposed to be along the lines of Shin is conflicted here. We yeah. know he's more accurate than this, but he's conflicted,
1: so he's not going to be on top of his game. Poor Meyrin.
2: <laughs> the cockpit's just like exploding
1: around her. He's like, how did it come to this? More flashbacks of Atherin and Meyrin as he misses a shot to the front and one to the back and Atherin finally turns around to fire the Giff's machine gun arms and we get the first shot of the Destiny's beam shield which works pretty much like the ones we've seen on the Destroy or the Zomzazoff, only it comes out of a physical shield although he ha- actually comes out of the wrist because he has one on each hand. Yeah, and Atherin starts trying to talk some sense into Shin He's like stop You're being used Which I assume is on It could be an open channel But also This is a Zaph machine And Atherin does know The Zap frequencies So Well
2: it is at least An open enough channel Because Ray also receives it yeah. I do like
1: that Ray's like That's indecent of you Atherin That's a dirty trick Talking You're not gonna get away With your charisma score This time buddy And he turns all The starfish funnels On his backpack To shoot towards Atherin Who dodges And returns fire But the legend also has A beam shield like that And Ray smirks.
0: Yeah, Ray looks very uh, evil villainy there about it for a second.
1: Shin tries to think what he thinks probably is a middle ground where he's like, hey, don't run away, just surrender. Because he does not know that they sent the Gestapo to Atherin's door to convict him of a crime he did not commit to start. I mean, he definitely committed a crime now, so. And Shin's kind of taking the very anime protagonist line of if you just come back now, everything will be okay. We can Which solve is,
2: this with the power of friendship. To be fair, that's also what happened when Shin went AWOL. Yes. So, Shin doesn't realize that the imposters have marked Athrun here. Yeah, he,
1: he's just trying to reason with the guy he thinks of as his friend. He thinks this is Athrun trying to convince Kira to come to Zaft's situation. I understand why
2: Athrun doesn't say anything about, like, why he isn't going back right away. Things along the lines of, Durundal is trying to kill me? (laughs) I mean, I don't feel like that would land with Shin. No, that's what I'm saying, is that Atherin doesn't respond with anything like that because he knows Shin wouldn't listen.
1: Yeah, it doesn't feel like the confrontation between Atherin and Kira earlier, where they're just like, tell each other what's going on! Atherin heat whips the Destiny's beam rifle. And explodes it, another stock footage shot we've seen from GIFs before. And Atherin's like, I have no intention of getting killed here. Listen what chairman and ray are saying sounds correct and agreeable but it's going to destroy the world which is a little uh
2: uh actually on the nose yeah it's a, it, he he
1: needs to start from a closer place
2: uh, yeah well like their idea of maintaining peace is peace through superior firepower and killing everybody that disagrees with them
1: uh but he doesn't have a lot of time for subtle arguments as ray is literally shooting the space between them to try to get them to stop talking
0: and I kind of feel like Ray is being so aggressive because he knows that it, actually has a chance of convincing Shin. He
2: knows that if Shin, if Atherin has a chance to continuously talk to Shin, Shin is going to start to listen. They don't necessarily get along all the time, but Atherin does have a hold on Shin.
1: And even if they defeat Atherin here, if Atherin gets enough words in edgewise, it can have an effect later on. Yeah, it can make Shin start to doubt. Yeah, he can start to see for himself when weird things are going on. Atherin's like I'm just trying to, and we get a cuts between him and Shin. And it looks like Shin is legitimately listening to him, but there's a great cut of Ray diagonally the right opposite direction flashes. between them. Yeah, it's a, a great shot where he's like Shin, don't listen, and he takes out his beam saber. And when they did that, that cross cut there,
2: he covered more of Atherin than he did of Shin. Yeah, like you could still see Atherin behind him.
0: It's a really well done shot for what they're trying to go for, I think.
2: And then so
1: Aethern grabs the goof's sword to engage Ray. And he's like, Athren's already gone crazy, clearly. That's what's going on. And she's like, what? You're absolutely correct. It's like, don't let them confuse you. And Athren's like, "Chin, if you have to shoot me down, at, at least, least let, let, let me May get, Mayrin Mayrin get out.
2: out. I really love that because it reinforces Athren's mindset of like, if you're going to shoot me, let her go. Like, she's got nothing to do with this.
1: And it's also clearly a good argument to go for with Shin, because Bayron's one of his big concerns, too. I think to him, she's kind of a non-combatant, even though she is aboard the ship.
2: Yeah, I definitely would agree with that, because she's been one of the people he's been having to protect the entire time. Mm -hmm. So she falls under that aegis, and now he's basically being asked to kill her. But I don't think Atherin is making the argument... To reach Shin in that way with Mayron he legitimately is just trying to be like, let me get her out of the cockpit first.
1: And Ray is like, she is already an accomplice to your crimes. Her life has no value. And Mayron mm-hmm. is just shocked by this. Because I She's figure like, Ray, that- like, wait, I shared
0: my potatoes with you.
1: Well, I, I figure that mayron thought her and Ray were friends. And Ray's yeah. the quiet guy, right? He's not the guy who says, yeah, your life has no meaning. Like, I feel like if Shin said that, she would be like, you jerk, and like, stick her tongue out at him.
0: <laughs> but Ray's so serious all the time.
1: Yeah. And there's another lightning flash. And even uh, Shin is like, "Ray, what are you talking about? But he's like, he's an enemy. They are the enemy. They betrayed the chairman, therefore they betrayed us. And they're trying to trample all over our dreams. Are you going to forgive them? And yeah, I love they, how conflicted Shin looks. Like, doing think a hell about of a how job. shonen
0: you are, Shin.
1: And I love that, like, Ray's argument is like, you said yourself you'll fight any enemy to fulfill that dream. And again, I love that Shin earlier, when we'll see it again later, he admires the Rundle because he's like, he said he'll do the hard thing, but he's the sort of person that will follow through on that. So now Shin's thinking, like, I said I would do the hard thing. It's hard right now, and I don't know if I can do it, but I admire the sort of person who does it, as he kind of goes into himself. Yeah, I
0: really like that this is very uh, reminiscent of, like, original Gundam, where it's just, like, the pilot in the cockpit and, like, only the chair they're in and nothing else around them.
2: Well, and it's got superimposed over the top of it. It's got him basically recalling that he said, I would do anything to help the chairman and all that, and then the chairman's little speech to Athrun and Shin. And it's like Shin basically
1: hyperventilating on top of this. Yeah, this is some Kiriyabato I-do-not-know-what-the-hell-to-do state. And he gives ae damn it, and goes into seed mode. And he's made his decision. He levels his...
0: I was going to say his beam rifle that got destroyed, but no. Nope.
2: No, he dropped the, the Excalibur off the thing's back.
1: The Destinies is actually called the Elondite, named after Lancelot's sword, because they're all after round table swords. And that's the same
2: shot that the strike had. That was the one that I was thinking of.
1: There's some lightning behind it. There's a new shot of it leveling it right in front of it as the Destiny's wings shoot out the pink magical girl, girl glitter of Destiny behind it. <laughs> I hate those wings. I like I them fine like on them. the Destiny. There's another unit where I hate them on. I don't love them, but I think it's a cool effect. And it marks it as this is a more important unit. And Shin is just thinking of that Ishmael that Mayu left and Stella dying in his arms.
0: And, like, his reason for fighting, basically.
1: Yeah. and Which now includes Drundel. And he finally just says, It's your fault. You betrayed us. Like I said. Well, yeah, he's
2: pinning the blame on Athrin because, like, he can't accept responsibility for anything he does. It's always somebody else's fault. And then he, like, ninja dodges
0: away from the whip and then hand lasers the goof's whip to death. <sighs> yeah.
1: Because the he has short range hand beam guns.
0: Why? What are the purpose
1: of those? Because to the grab... Shining Finger was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually think it has anything to do with the Shining Finger, while I've also given the Destiny crap in the past for just having Shining Fingers. I think somebody thought, oh, it would be cool if the hand had a gun in it, right?
0: No, that's fair. Also, this hand of mine is
1: burning red. Ow!
2: So he destroys the Gifts swift, and
1: Atherin is like, wow, I did not know that thing had that. Ray just kind of backs off. Ray is
2: like, all right, mission accomplished. Now Shin is going to do what I want. Excellent. So, the Destiny, yes, let the hate flow through you. Now
0: that Shin's fighting for real, The Destiny's got this weird like after-image effect going on, which I kind of love and I also kind of hate. It reminds me of someone in a Street Fighter has after-images like this.
1: It's Yun and Yang. They both have it. 'Cause they're brothers. I also think Akuma does it sometimes. Yeah. It's very Dragon Ball Z imagery with the after images. Uh he gets the Guf's shield arm, just cleaves right on through it. And then gets the other arm. You're at the shoulder. As well as the wing, the Guf starts falling, as Shin again remembers Durundle and his dead girls and says he won't let it happen again. And stabs his sword right through the chest, just like he did to Kira. It's actually a little higher and a slightly it's, different of an angle.
2: It's off center from where he stabbed Kira, and it's higher. And right as that happens,
0: lightning strikes, and in the flash, you can see all the, like, hollow spots on the goof, which makes it look even more vulnerable as it has a sword pierced through it.
1: Shin drops the sword, and the goof falls into the water and explodes, and Afrin Zola and Mehran Hawk were never heard from again. <laughs> Shin is hyperventilating, his eyes dilated, as we see the parts of the guff sinking into the ocean. And then he is suddenly covered in a cold sweat and closes his eyes wincing. I think because he just, like, I just killed Marin. Like, it's sinking in. And Atherin. I kind of read this because uh, Ray is like, hey, well done, our mission is over. And then he comes out of seed mode he's like, mission? And when seed mode was first a thing, Andrew felt compared it to being a berserker. And I think Shin was more or less in a fugue state that entire seed mode. Yeah, and and acting on rage, not thinking.
2: That's kind of how Kier did it the first time, too.
1: Yeah. Kier and and Atherin didn't start using it
2: more consciously until later in the series.
1: And there is a different uh, sort of effect of the seed. Like, it does a bounce when they do it consciously, as opposed to like this. So I think, kind of, Shin is just completely out of it for this one. And I don't know what degree he was in it when he's done it previously. There's always been that kind of rage aspect to his seed mode but i think here he was basically just in a fugue state the entire time and he knows what he did but he wasn't super conscious of it as he's like atherin mayran and ray's like they were traitors they had to die we destroyed our enemy that's all we did just like i told atherin we would have to do about kiriyama mission complete you did what you were supposed to as uh shin closes his eyes to try to fight back the tears but we see them anyway and as ray's like hey let's go back And Shin has no choice but to go back. Then we cut to infrared goggle mode. And uh, here's Kisaka on Um, board like a tug. Yep. Which he he just took out here by
2: a fishing boat or
1: a tugboat. I was going to say by himself. We know he has at least one other person on this boat, though. I think it's
0: not the ship he was on earlier. No,
1: no, because he was on board a, a battleship before or a warship. Then we get the eye catch.
0: Hello, and thank you for listening to episode 37 with us. And before we get to the plug stuff, I have a question for you all. We have been calling Kira double Jesus these days because of his second return from the dead. But Athrun, I think in terms of just total episode time, was actually dead longer than Kira was the second time. So, does that mean that we now have Athrun Jesus Zala? How dead do you have to be? Like, does it have to be, like, very dead the first time, and then any subsequent kind of death counts? Let me know what you think, either in our Discord or on the website, or just email us if you really want to have an email discussion about whether or not Atherin deserves an additional resurrection title. And that leads us to all the plug stuff. Hey, we have a Patreon. Uh, We just recorded a bonus episode that will eventually show up on the public feed. It's about Evangelion, so if that gets your jimmies rustled, then head on over there, um, or just wait for it to show up in the public feed to see if you're interested in listening to it. It's basically going to be us watching the Rebuild movies and discussing them, and as usual, uh, I have the least amount of experience with this show, so it's kind of... Kind of the same format as It's a Gundam, just about the Evangelion movies. As usual, smash that subscribe button, except for whatever that translates to as a podcast. And let's hear what else. Oh, that's right. Hey, we're doing our annual Halloween Dead by Daylight stream. Dead by Daylight is now cross-platform across a bunch of things. So if you've got one of the things that runs that game then you should feel free to join us. We're actually looking at having enough people to do two separate rooms, and we'll probably, like, swap between them at some point. But if you're listening to this, consider yourself officially invited. I think that's it. Now, let's go find out whether or not Athrin survived. Spoilers, he definitely did.
1: I'm on a boat! As Durandal is overlooking the security camera footage of Athrin protecting Mayren, with a bunch of people in suits and military officers looking at him,
2: Mira there's a shot of her just like absolutely collapsed in like a side room because i think she realizes that she that atherin is dead also and she's... she's probably blaming herself for not convincing him to do something earlier
1: or for staying because i think in her head if he had just stayed they could have made it work mm-hmm.
0: she's also been in that closet spine on this group this entire time which i imagine is pretty stressful
1: so one of the land party dudes is like, Sir, my ping is at 732. Also, the goof has been destroyed. Can <laughs> we get better wireless? Gladys has a shocked reaction, as does Mir, as like the Destiny and Legend are returning. And Dorendle just has a somber, is that so? Thank you. Gladys looks pissed as he marches right up to the desk. And Dorendle's like, Keeber, write up a brief statement on what happened so we can give it to our allies. I love how Gladys just looks so
2: angry with him.
1: Give the order that no one is to go near the area, we'll send our own re- our own search team. Yeah, the subtitles definitely say
0: research team, and I think that's a bad translation. Yeah, it definitely yeah.
1: is. And he's like, as I recall, Marin Hawk had an older sister we put on the same ship. Have her come here so we can uh
0: Debrief her her and
1: So I, the president
0: of space, can personally inform her that we just killed her sister. He does not do it personally. Does he not? I feel like he talks to her later.
1: No, he has to die to it. Okay. Also, he's uh, vaguely smiling as he's like... I don't think he ever is smiling. I think he pretty much keeps in somber character of this was a terrible tragedy. I think it was just poorly
2: animated there. So it made it look like
1: he was smiling. He's like, we'll also have to search the rooms on the Minerva. I assume that's okay, Gladys. And she's like, that's fine, but before that, you owe me a goddamn explanation. Yeah, why did you just ace two of my guys? And he's like, even if you didn't glare at me like that, Talia, I would have done so. Come on, you can play the ex-girlfriend card. I'll tell you everything that's going on. I'm a very trustworthy guy. (laughs) You know the campaign I ran on. Gil trustworthy Durundle. That's me. I'm the one who brought Atherin back and made him a faith member. I'm as shocked as anyone. I am shocked. Shocked to find that Atherin, I never betrayed anyone, Salah betrayed us. (laughs) And I'm shocked that he decided to
2: take me up on my offer of calling me out on my bullshit when I offered him his membership in faith.
1: To be fair, I don't think Atherin ever actually effectively did that. No, this was like
2: the closest he ever came. And Um. the previous episode.
0: So, way back when, during the War of Seed, does that war have a name?
1: The Great War is a name that gets used in the dub for it a couple times. The wiki calls it the First Plant Alliance War. Okay.
0: Derundal wasn't a senator, council member? I don't really know what they call those people.
1: I don't believe so, but I also believe most of those were not re-elected because of... Yeah, I'm I mean, just w- that would
0: make sense. I'm just wondering what his previous political career was. Such we will that-
1: find out a lot about his previous... Well, not a lot, but we will find out information about his previous career. It is relevant and important. Okay. I was curious about that, so... I think Gladys kind of recognizes that he's full of shit. I think she knows something's going on. When she spent a lot of time with Ather, and it's like, I, something about this doesn't smell right. And he's like, I promise I'll make time for you later. And she's like, I remember a Gilbert Durendle that could not wait to make time with me. So, <laughs> yeah, she so definitely he, looks frustrated. Yeah, as it, she leaves. So
2: pl- can we tell her, please calm down? It's like bullshit. but like her, her voice
0: actor was actually pretty level that entire time, even though she was angry.
1: I always just take it as she is a consummate professional. Yeah. Shin looks just distraught as he comes back or at least deep in thought and kind of depressed Uh, and Ray's like hey buddy what's wrong and he's like nothing I wasn't having teenage brood thoughts also you did just kill Uh, some of your
2: actual friends I don't know if it's just that shot but man does the legend and the destiny
1: have some way too fucking long legs yeah I really don't like the way those mobile suits are animated in destiny I am the destiny defender I'm the one who likes it the most of us I think but I really did not like it when I first watched Gundam Seed Destiny. It wasn't until it appeared in Build Fighters later that I th- started to think, oh, this is a pretty cool design. And then the more video games I played with it and such, I actually really like the design. I just think the proportions of it for this, it's a debut series, are very off. Yeah, so Luna Maria
2: is being debriefed about her sister turning and going off with Atherin.
1: And Maria is in denial. She's in full denial. She's like, that's not possible. That- that's not the sort of person Mayrin is. It's not Atherin either. There's got to be some misunderstanding. She's not really wrong because Atherin was set up. What I love about this is
0: while she's expressing her disbelief, we cut two shots of other characters who are in disbelief, I think.
1: Yeah. I don't really know what state of grieving Shin is in right here. I don't know if it's denial or... It's definitely not anger. And it's... I don't think it's bargaining. So maybe it is just flat denial. Which is definitely where Luna is. you, know, and, well, uh, cut... you
2: have the, uh, the cut to the search team where it's just got a boat
1: and then it, that's a goon, right? Yep. Just popping out of the water like, hi. We cut to the next morning where Ray and Chin are reporting to Durandal, the brief. And he's like, I'm sorry that you had to do something so terrible on such short notice. And Ray's like, like no, no problem. I was no, happy to kill my friends. No problem. I didn't need those fuckers anyway.
0: Anything for you, Gilbert.
2: Like
1: you guys did do a great job. Also, uh, Ray didn't actually shoot them down. He well, left that to Shin. Well, Ray is the one who thinks I him. He's like, Shin's the one who shot them down. And I, like, as soon as he said that, Shin was like, I was not going to mention that. I Like, I don't want credit for this. Yeah,
2: I, this is one marker I don't
1: want. And Durandal's like, is that so? I feel like this is part of Ray's plan, though, oh, specifically. I think Ray and Durandal rehearsed this. I, I like, kind of think so, it yeah. It does seem a lot like if it. If not, they're just very on the same page, which I also am willing to believe. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. And Shin kind of makes a face, and Durendal's like, are you all right? But Shin, a 15-year-old who's not in touch with his emotions, cannot say anything, but yeah, I'm fine.
0: The rest of this episode makes me think that they really need some grievance counselors for Zaft, or any of their child
2: soldiers. Uh, This is also a bit of an extreme circumstance.
1: But this is the sort of one you would have a counselor (laughs) for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
2: (laughs) Well, and just thinking about Seed after Nickel died. Those guys definitely could have used some help.
1: You say that, but Isaac already could have used some help. And Atherin was not with the forces much longer. Although, arguably, maybe if a psychologist had got to him first, he could have calmed maybe, him down. Maybe,
2: although I think the thing that really turned Atherin around was the fact that Akira wasn't dead and Kigali yelling at him after they picked him up,
1: and Lacus yelling at him—the closest thing to a psychologist in this series.
2: <laughs> isn't there a psychologist floating around in Orb? Isn't that no? She's not an engineer, isn't she? She's
1: Erica not a psychologist. Simmons? Yeah.
0: New D&D character idea, I do want to play a psychologist,
1: but in a medieval setting. They call so- those alienists. <laughs> really? Yeah.
0: Is that an actual thing? Huh? Yeah. I'll have to do some reading on that.
1: There's a TNT show called The Alienist about one. Although it's more steam... It's not actually steampunk, but Victorian. Anyway, Shin cuts on is like, why would Atherin and Mehran do something like this? Like, I like that Shin is like coming to his dad for answers, since his- he just killed his big brother. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to ask Durandal,
2: since... As far as Shin knows, Durundel has all the answers.
1: He's like, well, we haven't found the cockpit yet. We yet to uncover any details. And we see the cockpit, which is open, with some goons searching for it. But there is some proof that someone hacked into the Ragnarok files, or in the dub, the Ragnarok, because apparently they don't know about Morse mythology <laughs> in the dub. Did they seriously screw that up? Yes. I was perplexed. Ragnarok. Wow, that's not even... That's, wow. And Shin's like, Ragnarok, sir? And he's like, yes, maybe it's a grandiose name. But ever since, but the one law that Patrick Zala passed that stood was that we have to name our operations very grandiose things. So it's the code name for our attack on Heaven's Base.
0: <laughs> it's overstated. Don't worry. It's not foreshadowing or anything. Don't worry about it. But it but,
2: included data on the destiny and the legend. Namely, that we broke the treaty by building nuclear mobile suits. Right? To be fair,
1: this is all BS though. I know. He's like, that data is well protected. But for someone familiar with our information networks. Yeah. And Ray's like, like
2: Mayrin. Yeah, I definitely think that this is planned out in order to.
0: Or again, they're just picking up what they're putting down.
2: Not necessarily convince that he did the right thing or anything like that. But to guide him along, because they know that if they were to openly kind of reinforce that too much, that he would turn around and rebel because that's just his nature is I'm going to fucking argue with authority because it exists.
1: Yeah. Fuck you. I'll do what I want. They are doing a very good job handling him, I think. Yes. To be fair to the series. This is maybe my favorite episode for Shen's character. And then they say that he tried to take Lachis with him. And that's how we found out about the situation in the first place, because she refused and told us. It's like, but where would he even try to go? I know he was mad that I killed his best friend and his girlfriend and his other space mom, but... Ray's like, perhaps he panicked, having lost the support
2: he had to fall back on. Does Athern ever strike you as the kind of dude that panics?
1: He did that one time that his ex-girlfriend was saying, hey, you didn't kill your best friend, why don't you kill me, big man?
2: Ironically <laughs> enough, not a combat situation. Yes. Athern doesn't... Yeah. Uh, panic on stuff like this like this that wouldn't be something to cause after to panic in fact he didn't really he uh
1: no he actually acted very calmly very calmly, and the guard and escaped
2: <laughs> well yeah everything he did during that was calm the closest he came to not being so was when he accidentally barged in on mayron
1: and when ray was shooting a machine gun at mayron he wasn't panicked for himself yeah. it was concern for mayron and he also acted very calmly and shot the gun out of ray's hands
2: Instead of just shooting Rey, which he definitely could have done.
1: And this is probably the best argument for they're just on the same page, because that's a Ray idea, and Durandal's like, no, that doesn't make any sense to me. But what I really want to know is where he was trying to run. I can only think of one group that would want the Ragnarok data, and I do like this subtle conclusion that they let Shen go, oh, Logos. But he's like, yeah, at the beginning of this war, he told me he wanted to avoid it no matter what. So I don't know why he would have any problem with me trying to destroy Logos. A totally legit idea for totally legit people. And Ray's like, who cares? They're dead! Let me go write my blog. We're here for you, chairman. But he repeats Shin's words of, you've chosen to take the difficult pass, and we support that. And Shin has to agree with his own words, so he nods. And Ray's like, we obediently await your orders, Chancellor. He's like, thanks, guys. Cut back to Zaft Military Station. I guess that's just its name. Where we see a bunch of Zakus in space getting ready. There will be a briefing for the Descent team in 1,500 hours. We have no
0: idea what time of day it is, though, so that's about as meaningful.
1: Lunamaria is walked back to the Minerva by armed gods, looking just distraught as the Destiny and Legend are loaded on. Yeah,
0: Hermes is looking particularly fierce with that spear.
1: I was intentionally not poking
0: at that because I already poked at the other one. I know, but I saw you laughing, so I had to comment on it.
1: (laughs) Tomato Hair is like, yeah, but Mayren, and the other mechanic is like, never talk about that again, which I... Don't know if he's like saying, Hey, don't say that about Shin, or if he's just like, I'm personally angry about it. But I, I do like the reaction either way.
2: Kind of take it as like, Mayron was a popular figure on the ship.
1: Yeah, that could be. And everybody has such great, great impressions.
2: And so everybody is like, No, don't talk about her because we don't want to think about it.
1: And Shin also looks distraught, and Ray goes over to give him a comforting hand, but he kind of brushes it off. Arthur comes to the corner and is like, Hey, good to see you back, Captain. So she's like, So I guess everyone heard. How are people taking it? And this is probably the most serious Arthur's ever been and like competent where he's like, well, as you'd expect, everybody's shocked and shaken by the news. And he's like, what's wrong, Captain? She's just like, hey, I'm I'm real sorry, but can you, like, deal with it a little while longer? I'm not ready yet. Which is a superhuman moment. And I think Arthur's never seen anything like that from her. Well, I actually and I specifically think like
0: her line of, I'm not ready to sit in that captain's chair. Well, I, which I also read as her, like, not really feeling like much of the captain right now.
1: Well, I,
2: because, like, I get the feeling that she's kind of blaming herself for the two of them dying. Because this is also, like, the first time that they've actually lost someone from the crew.
1: Other than when Kara blew up at the Tonhauser.
2: Yeah, well, these are, like, two major characters well, that we the people
1: know. And Mayron sat next to her. Yeah. Which I think is probably a huge deal to her. And Arthur very seriously just gives her a yes ma'am as he walks off. And she's probably thinking about, like,
2: all the stuff that Athrin was always arguing with her about, like, we don't need to go do this. Mm-hmm. I think she's thinking about, like, all of that. So it's like, Athrin wouldn't have just done
1: Something like that. And with that's the sort of thing she thinks about a lot. She's the one who brought up that officer who told her, you need a clear reason to fight before you can. Yeah. So, Moping, Shin, and Rey are passing Luna in the halls, and they just stop shocked, not sure what to do. Shin clenches his fist and, again, just looks distraught. And then, like, stiffens his spine
2: and just walks past Luna Maria and apologizes. I thought he wasn't going to do
0: anything. I'm like, really? I thought you were gaining yourself up for it. And then he does, so... I guess good on him.
1: Yeah, he's starting to pass her when he just says, I'm sorry. I mean, on the one hand, it seems kind of
2: backhanded, but at the same time, I really don't think Shin knows how to express exactly how sorry he is over what happened.
1: Yeah, and I love Luna's reaction, which is almost like, now it's real. When she, like, collapses into him crying. And she just kind of, like, breaks out on his back,
0: and Shin's like, oh, a crying girl on my back. I'm not sure what. What would Arthur? oh
1: god, it hurts to think! Uh, hug? I oh, hug. My- Hug. That's what I did with and Stella. Seems, I think
2: that
0: seems to work pretty well, well it, because and also he sh-
2: starts breaking down.
0: Yeah, because Shin also feels very mixed things about this, and Luna's crying, and, and Ray's like,
1: just
2: like, "I'm out of here. <laughs> this is <laughs> fuck I'm, you too. I'm out of here.
0: I gotta go write
1: my blog." So according to the Gundam Seed Wiki and my memory, and maybe this came from the wiki, but I did remember it when I read it. The way that scene goes down is Ray tells Shin not to talk to her, and he like goes in privately as like, "Hey." I killed Mayron myself. I'm the one who did it. Like, if you want revenge, here I am. And then they collapse into each other's arms crying. And I wonder if that scene has ever happened somewhere, like in the movie version or the original, because it doesn't happen later. But like I said, that's what the wiki says happens. And I have, you know, maybe Mandela effect memories of it, but I do have memories of it. So I do remember it, it, but I also might have blocked out Destiny entirely. Uh. Feel free to speak up on the Discord if you know where that scene comes from. Because I swear it happened, but there's no evidence of it. And it's a very, like, atherin, suicidal way of Shin to go about it. And it also, you know, a trip more to Ray trying to be like, hey, don't talk to her. It
2: makes a lot of sense from what ray has been trying to do. Distance Shin from everybody else. Like, make him more and more reliant on himself and Thrundel.
1: Mm-hmm. So the Zaf ships are beginning to take off to head to Heaven's Base. The chairman's handler is like, hey, we gotta go now. He's like, yep, that's why we're all gathered here. We got to do it. And he does look a bit evil as he says it. So we got
2: a bunch of the Bobbies launching. They still look like crap.
1: We find out that the Minerva is the flagship for this
2: operation. I don't know. No, I think those are two different things. Because it says flagship BB-01, which means it's a battleship.
1: But last episode, the Minerva was designated BB-01, which I know you like. But it says a message from the Minerva.
2: Which would mean that they're two different things.
1: No, no, I read that as this is BB-01, the Minerva. Well, Especially since we then cut to the bridge of the Minerva, where Durandal is sitting with a whole bunch way, of other The way officers. it said
2: was flagship BB-001, a message from the Minerva. Like, that is literally what it said in the subtitles. So they could have screwed up the subtitles.
1: Which I don't trust the subtitles at all at this point. And, and also, that's Arthur problem.
2: speaking. So
1: I was going to say, it's possible that it was a um, an alliance ship. That could be so. Durandal on board the Minerva in the chair he was using when he was here last time, uh, in front of a cool screen, is like Sir. Send a message. We demand they surrender Lord Jabril as well as all the other members of Logos we listed hiding in their base. I actually like
2: this like continuity thing. Gladys is standing next to Durandal. She's not in the
1: captain's chair. Yep. Arthur is sitting in like the CIC chair in front of them, but she's not in the chair or the one next to him. Cut the space. To the Eternal hiding in an asteroid. Or
2: presumably DaCosta is telling Lacus and uh, Walt felt
1: that Afrin's been shot down and is missing. Or I think of movement on the Zap forces. Yeah, that's what that's I was That's possible. Thinking, especially given her line later. Uh, we see Kisaki and a guy next to him board a transport plane that looks a lot like a Medea from the original Gundam with a Mayrin and an Atherin strapped to hospital beds in the back. He got some IVs on that tugboat because he's like, ah, oh, I thought there might be some main characters down there in that wreckage. That is
2: a weird-looking seaplane, I'll just say that.
1: I, I like the idea of it for a takeoff, but I don't know how you land with those wings, honestly. Uh,
2: I don't I don't know. I mean, the reason why he went after him is because they were clearly wanting to prevent this guy from going anywhere. So he was like, whoever that is, I need to get them. And then he opened up the cockpit and was like, Well,
1: shit, it's Atherin and some chick. Um, I know this kid. And if we assume he is, in fact, an orb spy, it would make a lot of sense for him to want to pump them for information. Yeah. We cut to the Archangel underwater backing into some base. I don't know where this is. I would love to know. I presume this is where they fixed the Archangel the first time. My headcanon story for it is it is a secret orb base in international waters that is not technically part of the orb union, but is nearby so they can do shady stuff. I mean, that
2: would make some sense, but at the same time... What's her face? Erica Simmons is here. Erica Simmons is here. Yeah. So either they contacted them ahead of time, or this is a facility that was already set aside for the Archangel specifically. Like, this is something new that they built. There is a thing here.
1: And if I say that, I think you should know what the thing is, Zach.
2: Oh, is the thing here? The thing is here. So Okay, okay. (laughs) I thought the thing was somewhere else. Makes sense,
1: but where would they put it?
2: I thought it was a different like, secret orb base. I (laughs) thought that's where the thing was. I mean, orbs got plenty of secret bases.
1: And as you mentioned, Erica Simmons from the previous series is here, and they are ready to start repairs on the Archangel. So they must have contacted them ahead of time. Like I said, my hand, cannon is maybe this is where they fixed the Archangel the first time, Maybe that's why I made, a, made it a submarine. It was just easier to hide it.
2: The only reason why I'm wondering about all that is because, as we'll like kind of find out, I think it's in the next episode, it doesn't seem like Yuna or his dad know the Archangel is around.
1: Yes, which is very interesting, isn't it? Yes. But it could be these people are disloyal to Kagali. I'm willing to buy that.
2: I would definitely buy that, especially with Erica Simmons being more loyal to Kigali and the crew of the Archangel than Yuna and his dad. They're people loyal to Lacus,
1: Yeah, or this could be a terminal facility. I was going to bring that up too, but we won't be told. And also, there's a thing here. That doesn't say that's impossible, but that makes it seem like an orb.
2: Yeah, Kigali's
1: dad probably knew about this place, is I guess what I would say.
2: Yeah, so it's probably not terminal, because from what I understand, even though we're never told anything, terminal was probably established after the last war. Hey, devotion to Lacus, though, is terminal.
1: Then we get a nice dramatic close up of Erica's face to say, Hey, remember her? Lieutenant Nose, is like, Hurry with repair and replenishments as fast as we can. Muriel is like, A message has been sent to Heaven's Base. I'll bring an ultimatum. It it's weirdly in Japanese. Usually these are in English. Except for the big word ultimatum at the top. We, Zaft, and the Earth Forces demand the following from Heaven's Base. All members of Logos previously identified be turned over to us immediately. All forces At which
0: Jabril shakes his fist
1: in the most Bond villain-esque way possible. All forces start to immediately disarm and abandon the base. And Maru is like, these are... Oh, but he doesn't get the finish. And because Kira's like, hey, Maru, can you call my girlfriend for me? I gotta talk to her. Like, it's important. And um, then
0: Lackus is like, hey,
1: Waltpelt, I need to talk to Kira. <laughs> get yeah. my boyfriend on the horn. I love how in sync they are with this cut to her where she's like, otherwise it'll be too late. Well, I mean, it makes a
2: lot of sense because they're like, we're demanding you hand over all these members of Logos. They still haven't actually provided proof. They've just said these are members of Logos.
0: Yeah, but the public is clamoring for it now, so. well, I, that's riots. Just,
2: well, again, I'm just going into like what I pointed out the last time when he gave his big old speech. Because he's like, we demand you hand over these people. We have nothing that actually proves guilt or innocence. We're just demanding
1: people. So Lacus says, if Heaven's Base falls, Orb will probably be next. Makes a lot of sense. <laughs> which shocks the gravity out of DaCosta. I feel like they just don't have gravity, <laughs> and because he moved, he starts drifting. And she says, if that happens, nobody will be left to stop him. Cut to the Shin and uh, Ray cave, which is dark like they like it. Ray is updating his blog when Shin walks in and just collapses on his bed and, and pulls out his, his phone.
0: sister's phone. Yep. Well, because that's the reason he's fighting.
1: Well, I actually really like
2: this because up till this point, we hadn't gotten that phone in in a long time since Atherin was on the ship. So it made it look a lot more like Shin has basically been kind of progressing away from that, you know, starting to move on. But here he's regressing back to before Atherin started on the ship.
1: Yeah,
0: he just did a terrible thing and he needs to reaffirm himself that he's doing it for a reason.
1: Kotakira, as Zach said, looking very determined. Black is looking very determined. Kigali looking very there. <laughs> Kigali looks a little confused. Mir, Mir just looks looking like high. She, I was going to say drunk with those blush
0: lines under her eyes. I feel like she maybe has been crying recently. I actually
2: like that. I like this shot because do it too. does look like she's completely and utterly dis, like weary from crying.
1: Yeah,
0: she yeah. looks like she's been through the ringer for sure.
2: Yeah,
1: Atherin is looking very asleep. Yeah, but we see him twitch, so we know he's alive. And this is the last time we'll see this kind, soft ending that we never used for our podcast, because I couldn't find an 8-bit version of it. (laughs) This is the last time everyone will get to be in a happy field together.
0: Instead, they'll be in happy space heaven? I'm not really sure what the next one is.
1: All right, that'll do it for Phase 37. Thunder in the Dark!
0: How did you like it, Tyler? I actually like this one fairly well, and like you mentioned at the very beginning of this episode, there are a lot of good character moments for Shin, and I like that he's struggling to justify what he did. I also love how manipulative Ray is being about it, I guess in conjunction with Drundle, but.
2: Yeah, I actually really like this episode as well. It's it's paced well, in my opinion, because we start with the, obviously we start with the action, and then it does that seed thing where we start with the action, and the second half is basically setting up the next action and kind of letting you detox from the first part of it and go into like the character moments and the effects that it's having on all of these people. And it's got a bunch of just shots of their reactions to things without going into too much detail. It makes it really easy to extrapolate where their headspace is after this.
0: Yeah, it's simultaneously both subtle and very blunt,
2: and it's really well done. Well, like, like I ones... wish much more of the show had this. Well, one of the ones that I I just think about is uh, that, the one shot of Talia without, like, her uniform done all the way up. It's kind of like what Moo always had with it slightly rumpled and...
0: But it's very out of character for her because she's normally like the super straight-laced one.
2: Yeah, so just it's having really
1: that shot of her there really kind of helps put you where her headspace is at. We've criticized the use of flashbacks in previous scenes in Destiny a lot. Whereas, like I've said before, Seed used them a ton too. But they always did a really good job of using them to show us Kira and Atherin's internal thoughts. And we've begged the series to do that for shit. I think it finally does it in this episode. And does a very good job of it. Do you have a high point, Tyler?
0: Yes. The problem is I'm trying to choose just one. I think specifically that scene where Luna is in disbelief and shock. And then we flash to a couple other characters who are at least kind of in that same headspace at the same time.
1: As that image Zach was talking about. Yeah, that
0: includes that one image that Zach was talking about. Um, I'm trying to remember who else was in there. There There's a Shin.
1: Shin was being... Yeah, Shin was like resting against the wall with his fist on it like he just hit it or wanted to hit it. Zach, do you have a high point?
2: Yeah, I was thinking in, like, obviously the first half of this episode I think is really, really good. There's a lot of little things, like Tyler said, that I really, really like. I think, though, I'm going to have to go with Shin's reaction in the immediate aftermath of knocking out the goof. Like, his immediate reaction of, like, coming out of seed mode, being very kind of only about half there and putting the blame on himself over this
1: yeah i'm gonna have to go with the shot right before he goes in the seed mode that we were talking about where it's just him in the cockpit and there's a blank area around him that slowly gets covered with various flashbacks he's having and honestly runner up to that shot of ray cross-cutting between their conversation that is a really super good.
2: really well done cross cut there Really quick,
0: I think also a runner-up is the interaction between Shin and Luna, where they just, like, collapse on each other.
1: Yeah, I really like that moment as well. you have a low point, Tyler?
0: This one's a lot harder, because there aren't any really, like, bad parts of this episode that I can really think of. And maybe the fact that Derundel's not super great at improv, and just, like, comes up with, like, kind of a bad lie, and then Ray comes up with another bad lie, and they're like, oh no, it's not that bad lie, it's the other bad lie. That's kind of a stretch, though. I honestly don't
2: really have a low point for this episode. Zach? It is very difficult. Um, I think, I, although I think this is a chronic problem for later on, the proportions they gave the legend and the destiny when they're on the ground, Cause
1: that, especially when they're in motion, they look way too lanky. I think that it says a lot about the quality of this episode, that you have to go there for a low point. I know.
2: Although, now, you're thinking like, what is a bat? What is the low point? What is a low point? No, that's not in this episode. What is the low point?
1: I, I think this episode is so strong that you guys forgot the obvious writing low point, which is, Kisaka man, Kisaka man, oh he's here yeah. now, why is he here? I don't know, but he's going over there. Oh, look <laughs> here, it's a guff. Oh no, Atherton and Mayrin are almost dead. See, I, honestly, that wasn't head, even a
2: super low point for me. In my head, the person who always picked them up, was the Archangel specifically. Because they were just
1: cruising under the sea and they're like, oh, there's an exploded gift here. Oh my God, it's Atherin. Yeah. I
2: I never thought, I, I always forgot that Kisaka is the one that did that.
1: This, well, there's no reason for him to be Because yeah, I think we actually to said, grab an
2: and he doesn't I, even get a line. I think we said at the beginning of this episode that he never appears other than the opening.
1: Yeah, um, I but said I couldn't remember him. Not not the beginning of this episode, at the beginning of the series. That, yeah. That's what I meant, is at the beginning of the series.
2: He was
0: also in last episode, so his presence was at least, like, noted. And he will be in some future episodes. Uh, but yeah, he didn't even get a line this episode. Poor Runner-up low point, maybe my actual low point, is how do things keep getting stabbed in the cockpit and then surviving? They weren't in the
1: cockpit, though. Where's the cockpit on the goof? This is, like, kind of to the side. I get what they're going for. The, he's, the, the sword is at an angle, and it's kind of going up, so it's he kind of got center. over the cockpit. And, and nope. in,
2: in the goof, it's actually right about the sternum. Yeah, I was going to say, the can we go watch Heine it? getting cut in half and, and find out whether... Well, uh, that's fair. Shin stabbed the goof more of where the human heart would be, so he's high into the left from where the cockpit is on the goof. People are also very good at surviving explosions. That
0: too. <laughs> historically a thing humans are known for surviving explosions
1: nobody dies in Gundam Seed Destiny as we'll find out next week it's the uh
2: apparently all Zaft uniforms are just super fire retardant <laughs> I was gonna say it's the flight suit
1: but then remembered none of the characters in this were wearing flight suits so do we have any final thoughts for this episode? I think it might be the best episode in Destiny, obviously. I think this is like the last really good episode of Destiny. Yes,
0: it's certainly a contender. If not the best, it's definitely up there.
1: There's a battle I really like coming up. It's definitely got, hey, it rhymes problems with the original Gundam Seed, where if you compare it to the equivalent moment in Gundam Seed, it's a lot worse. But it feels like a Gundam Seed battle with proper setup and multiple episodes devoted to it. And I really like that battle. Just we have that scaled up
2: battle. to way the fuck too much.
1: Because there are so many main characters in it, though, there isn't even that much of a problem. Is it the battle when the thing shows up? Yes. Okay, I know what you're talking about. And going on. A lot of things show up in that battle.
2: I'm now just having fun with the pronoun game and Tyler. So It's like
0: that thing they always do in anime where villains are like, Oh, the thing. did you bring
1: it? All right. Join us next week, then, when we will be watching Phase 38, A New Flag, that doesn't sound ominous.
0: Wait, is the Three Ships Alliance forming its own country?
1: Yeah, that would be great, right? What would their flag be? Would it just be a pink haro? <laughs> oh no, a pink harrow with like white archangel claws on either side of it. Uh, no, I was I also going to say be a headshot of Lacus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I was considering a headshot of Lacus, but I
1: thought that was too obvious a joke. Yeah, that—that's yeah, why I went everyone with knows one. how much you love Lacus. Well, okay, I have never actually commissioned fan art of Britney Spears' first album cover, but with Blackest Klein, but it's so ingrained in my head, I don't need it. So I'm imagining that. So until next time, hit me baby one more time, and we have to keep watching. It is our destiny.